Hello everyone, it's Friday night and it is Weekender time once again. And on this week's show, jam-packed with gaming goodness, we take a look at some Ace miniatures in the world of 3D printing and even explore some Italian reinforcements for the Gentleman's War. Speaking of which, if you want to be in with a chance to win a copy of the Bolt Action Gentleman's War starter set from store.ontabletop.com, then you want to be a subscriber to the channel, make a comment below, and if you can give us a like and share us about, that really helps out as well. Otherwise, sit back, relax, because your weekend starts here. Hello everyone and welcome to The Weekender. I am joined this week by Ben, Lloyd and Justin to take you through a whole host of stuff across the gaming industry. How's it going guys? Keeping well? Yeah, good, pretty good. good. Pretty good. Yeah. Rocking on, tense. Having yeah. a lot of fun. Every day is a delight in the uh, the world, isn't it? <laughs> you know, new adventures, good. new things happening. Yeah. No explosions, which is good. Always good. Always good. Uh, one of the new things that's been happening this week is I had a big long chat with some of the folks over at Privateer Press about uh, yes. War Machine Mark IV. Yes. Has me excited. So yeah, you, you and John both, both uh, on tenterhooks, waiting yes. for it. Can't... Well, I mean, it's the idea that everything's being slimmed down, streamlined, so all the, the little gaming speed bumps that used to be in the game seem to be just being like sanded off just a little bit. It's, it's fascinating. One of the things that blew me away was you don't often see a community going there's too much choice in our game could you yep. remove some of it and yes. the company going yes yes we can it's just it's unheard of i'm um, all up for that though yeah. speed of play is everything for me if i'm gonna go down and play a game i don't want to be sitting there going it's gonna be three hours and we're gonna get tired and there's gonna be no result i don't want that Trim the fat. <laughs> one Trim of the things the i think you'll like the best Lloyd, is you see whenever you come to the table and see your opponent's army yeah, you can do a tiny little bit of last-minute tailoring for your warcaster, selecting spells from like a dashboard. Well, I quite like tweaking it last minute. That sounds kind of cool. Yeah, well, it's, it's the idea of you're not building a list to deal with cavalry, and then your opponent turns up with no cavalry. I wonder if that then that's going to be the same. I don't want to say tournament scene, but I'm going to say tournament scene because like you know, privateer press and their tournament scenes <laughs> big thing well, is I mean, the same when you go to do the tournament tournaments because that'd be interesting because oh, yeah, yeah, that's core rules. Well, that is interesting then, just being able to do that slight tweak. Because you know the way you normally put in a list and that's it, it's set, it's cast. Yeah. yeah. And there can often be a lot of dead weight in there if needs mm -hmm. be. But yeah, no, it's yeah, fascinating stuff. Um, also, they're running a slow grow uh, in yes. the new year. So yes. yeah, we'll be getting involved with that, hopefully. Do you want? Well. Do you want? Yeah. But if you haven't already seen that, you can jump over to the, uh, well, just click, click the little on tabletopy bit here on YouTube. Where you're already watching this video, and then just like go back three days. Yeah, oh, it's about I'll there. put a link down below as well if you're lazy. So yeah, there we go. No, look, look quick, for the big red key or Warjack. <laughs> Click it and scroll. Click it and scroll, people. Uh, so, uh, apart from that, uh, I've been playing around in the studio with people from Corvus Belly, yes. <gasps> which you cannot know anything about until Monday. Actually, is the first little teaser. A little bit of something coming. Well, they have they have shown some photos of you they, folks they in the studio. Oh, so. have they? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my. I don't pay attention to what Carlos is doing yeah. in the background. I often see him wandering around his phone, but they were all on their phone all the time. And I thought if I had friends, I'd be on my phone too. Um, <laughs> I don't, yeah, so you, I didn't. Here, here's the problem, Jerry. Your phone you can still touch type with. There's nothing wrong with that. There's a, there's a lovely photo of you and Hoopoo uh, sitting on the hitting on the sitting on the uh, set talking about something exciting. So, I mean, the, yeah. the first time I heard the name said, I thought it was, I was like, what, you're a Pokemon? That's too, too young for me. Well, very similar, <laughs> I think. Very similar. So, I was yeah. sitting thinking, I don't remember that character in Wurzel Gummidge. <laughs> there you go. That makes more sense. Now I'm, I'm back on my wavelength. <laughs> That's a reference I understand. Cute Captain America meme here. Um, anyway, yeah, so keep a, an eye out for that. There'll be a ton of stuff coming oh, next month, actually, yes, uh, from uh, the guys. So I do believe we will have a rather fabulous prize for that. So stay tuned. Spoilers. It's Corvus Belly. There's always a fabulous prize. There's okay. always spoilers. <laughs> That's true. That's uh, right. Uh, shall we kick off with the shoe proper then? Yes. And we're going to be taking a look at a cute little indie of the week. Mm. Uh, that I I picked because I threatened Shay with it a little while ago. Oh. But it's also, it's also quite quite handy for uh, the prize we're giving away this week, which is oh, the okay. Gentleman Wars starter set. So, ooh. Uh, and it's, hmm, I'm going to go with Gaidrin. Gaidrin, Gaidrin. Do we have any, any other takers on Gaidrin or Gaidrin? Uh, it is a little tidy company that do uh, a variety of sci-fi, which is probably the biggest range. But they also have some fantasy and a little bit of World War II action as well. Um, well, those look cool. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're space dwarves. Um, so they're a company that do they do 3D prototyping and sculpting and casting as well for other people, uh, which is always nice because some of the little indies like this, it means if you've found something, you can actually get it produced. Or I know occasionally people get things sculpted as sort of one-offs and then trying to get them produced afterwards. It's a bit of a pain in the backside, uh, but they've had about 20-odd years tinkering away. Um, and yeah, well, we'll just get stuck in, shall we? I'm going to start with fantasy because the fantasy is relatively small. So it's nice. It's a little teaser just to, to sort of get you in there. Uh, and we'll start with this breaker because you know in every respect he's probably a dwarf and therefore never as puffball i i am immediately entranced yeah so. well you, you would be <laughs> the uh gorak breaker if that's not some sort of dwarf with a hammer and a kilt then i don't know what it is <laughs> i'm just saying or like a no i don't know maybe i mean maybe he raises ram cavalry and he's found someone trying to nick them and he's coming out going that's mine I think that's probably about right, actually. Yeah. Could be. Could be. But I like these for one-offs for characters or uh, small skirmish games, that sort of thing. Mm. And I, I really like the uh, the style of it. I suppose the hairy feet is probably a hobbit. Mm. Oh, yeah. 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 Although I've never checked a dwarf's feet, so I don't know. I know their palms can be hairy on a kid. They don't shave anywhere. <laughs> it's quite interesting the style they went for with this because some of the, the detailing is, is quite heavy quite thick like the the beard strands or the hair strands mm. it's all very solid like clean shape so i'd be interested to see how some folks would paint that up yeah it's one of those ones where you can texture it up with the mm. painting if you want to adding brush strokes and the like or if you can't be arsed you just chuck a wash over and head it with a dry brush Boosh. yeah, yeah. More it might be a little difficult to hide some of the um tool marks though on it mm. yeah some leftovers 
No, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, they should be easy enough to. Depends on how much prep work you're willing to do. All the prep work all the time. That's uh, what I'm willing to do. I see Jerry's thinking. It's it's never stopped me in the past. Furious puffball. Interesting. Nineteen model that's entirely different from anything I've ever really seen before. So <laughs> it's when a shroom man comes charging at you down a corridor and then puffs all over you. <laughs> that's what you deal with. But what is it? It's like a walking cauldron thing. No, so it's a, it's a puffball mushroom, and whenever they release their spores, they puff. So ah, if you think so about it, as a, a, a oh, that's what's coming on the top. Yeah, yeah, and you never want to inhale those spores because you know shroomage on the inside. It's never a good thing. See, I would nearly paint it up as some form of either a fire or an ice elemental, maybe. Yeah, yeah you could do that. There's yeah. no reason so why the, you can't. The, the, they can't stop you. Not once yeah, you've got it in your house. The top, it's just like magic magic stuff, so you've blown his mind. <laughs> mind. Blow. But yeah, put on rock as well, specifically yep. for you, Lloyd. Mm. No, not for me. Warren's the big one with the oh, fits, he loves fits the on rocks. Oh, you're, you're, you're <laughs> I'm into plinths or lack of plinths. Oh, lack of plinths. He's uh, into a lack of rocks. Hopefully, hopefully there'll be some plinths for you. I don't think there are any. Um, I, I the, don't want to be so bold as to say so, but I'm fairly sure that Beasts of War are the people that came up with the phrase foot on rock syndrome. <laughs> it, I think we did. Possible. But, yeah. And I, I think know. people have just taken it now. So. Run with it. It's, yeah. It sounds about right. The Dankborn Troll as well. Or I think troll. that's amazing. It's really that's good. It's really cool. Would yeah. you give it multiple eyes? Yes. Oh, is that is that eight eyes like a spider? Yes. Or Ooh. do you think it's got no eyes because it lives in the dark and those are just some sort of unusually big warts and boils up on its head? You, you, you could drill them and they could be like loss of nostrils. No. <laughs> they get a little more body heart. I don't know. I would paint them as like tiny little black beady eyes with like beady a eyes, lost yeah, black. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's really, I like that a lot. It, it's, yeah. it's a really different take mm. on a troll, even yeah. you know, regardless of whether there's their eyes, nostrils, or... It reminds me of a range... The armor as well. It reminds me of a range that was made by Zenit, and it mm-hmm. wasn't... It was the... Zenit back in the day, they did Kensai, Kensi. Yes. Well, they still do Kensi, don't they? But yeah. then there was the other one that was just like a little tiny game with like little warbands of strange quirky fantasy characters yes. and one of the warbands is a little like that I, yeah. I know who you're talking about this was like this is like back in the day of relics yeah. you know that puppets game and stuff so that's quite everybody, well back, everybody right? was doing them yeah, yeah. stick brush hairs on them for whiskers oh <laughs> cool. yeah. yeah and then just give them one eye in the middle just <laughs> eye a big a big googly eye sticker yeah that's just it stick a googly eye on make it look like old fisty glue man <laughs> yep. There's no um, reference for you what, folks. Fisty Glue Man. Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, I um, love the Minotaur. Yeah. They have uh at some point swapped from traditional sculpting into CAD. Mm. Uh, and some of the older stuff is either being re-sculpted or um sort of reinvigorated. So you can see obviously the, the previous things we've looked at are old style hand sculpted and then they've got into the CAD design subsequently. Well I think they are benefiting from a smoother finish. Yeah, yeah. but you're also getting far crisper detail and cleaner lines with this. I I don't mind either. I, I'm kind of I do really like that though. I don't well, mind I, like the, that. I don't mind the smoother skin and the, the cleaner lines. I, I like, you know, they both well, look good, but the previous they, one would they you prefer they scan it in rather than re sculpt it? 
Uh, no, I'm just quite content for them to continue producing whatever they have the mold for that dank board trolling. I, I, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't run either. I don't need them to resculpt it in CAD. Thank you very much. Forever. Yeah. Um, they may, they may get around to it. They may not. It's, it's one of those things, but it shows the, the sort of the evolution of the company as a whole as well. Mm-hmm. He's got major nipples. Uh, I didn't realize nipples major were nipples? ranked. <laughs> aren't they aren't those big nipples sticking through it, his it, oh yeah yeah is, is, is that how they determine rank it's like Are we're on, major with nipples it's like we're watching an episode of friends <laughs> with the naked guy <laughs> <laughs> some people oh. out there will know what that means i unfortunately do that is creepy as all hell well it's a clown they're supposed to be creepy yeah that's what, that's yeah. what clowns are yeah i would definitely cover his shoes in blood <laughs> I would have big bloody shoes. And what, and, uh, white with red polka dot shorts. Yeah, yeah. I'm not so afraid of the cle- the, the the cleaver. I'm more afraid of what he's going to do with that horn. The horn, yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> It's the only sound you hear at night when you're trapped in the building. <laughs> As he gets closer, just the, the thumping of massive size seventeen shoes and the occasional Hong Kong. I'm amazed no one has ever done a movie where you're just escaping from a labyrinth with a clown chasing you. Oh, there's plenty of clown horror out there. Oh, oh I know so there's much clown, clown horror. horror. Yeah, you know it scarred me as a child. This is this character film. again reminds me of something that would fit nicely with the the Dankborn troll. I think that'd yeah. be a really cool character to have as part of like that little collection of creatures that live in the caves or something. Have a, uh, Not sure what's going on with it either. Is it a rabbit? Are those horns? What's going on behind the mask? It seems I guess to have you can do whatever. Very legs. Yeah. Some form of small magical elemental creature that's been raised up yeah. and thinks it's a hero, ready to go out adventuring. Kill a rabbit. But yeah. The, so that's the. The entirety of their it's fantasy. Le- it's level two of Squid Games. Is oh. That's what it is. Oh, is that the, it's got the triangle <laughs> on the hat? Yeah. I'm waiting for season two so bad. Want it right now. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme. Give but yeah, if we uh, shuffle away then from the <laughs> fantasy and into the World War II, it's another very small set of miniatures. Um, but obviously we're looking at uh, Gentleman's War. Is it all Italians? No, and this is the reason why I threatened Shay with it a few weeks ago, because Shay's just started doing Russians. Uh, um, and there's also Russian bike squadrons. Female Russian bike squadrons, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. Well, Everyone you know, fights. Russia, <laughs> Russia was an equal opportunity yeah. employer in that respect. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah ahead of their time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. All right, hold on a minute. These look a bit like they're predators riding around on these bikes. Well, that's the Italian <laughs> with the little, the little dusty masks on. Yeah. Now, does, does their spins. gearbox go as fast in reverse? I well, I imagine you would require that. Yeah. We 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 will dispel some myths about the about the Italians in a little bit, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Hold on a minute. You've just confused me. Does a motorbike have a reverse gear? I don't think it does. Does it? No. No. no that's what your feet are for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Put one down. Spin it around. Yeah. Oh, they're, nice. they're nice though it's nice to have like additional because I, I think Italian ranges suffer from mainly having like the core set of stuff and then everyone kind of just picks Germans as the as the elite elements of your army and you kind of do like a mixed force Yeah, I think it's quite nice to see lots of additional Italian bits and pieces yeah. thrown into yeah. having a I like this guy. He's going, whoa, watch me do no hands. Whoa. <laughs> ah, look bad, no hands. <laughs> Forget that I basically have training wheels on. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice because you can have then that um the sort of the the cavalry or fast reconnaissance element before your Italians uh, and just have, you know, all the bikes, all the bikes yeah, and trucks. Yeah. 
get them forward onto the day thereof. But yeah, so you can even have the, you know, your Italian bike squads coming forward there. You've got your, your motorbike and sidecar. So you just have a full squadron or, or mounted rifle um, platoon blitzing forward and, you know, changes up how it plays. Obviously, it depends on the game you're playing as well, how they fit in. But I just like it. I like the, the fast cav element. I'm all about that. And then likewise with the Rashans, they've got a nice set of both male and female dispatch and uh, bike squads. So things like the uh, support weapon mounted to the front of the sidecar, whereas this one just appears to be firing carrying it off the hip <laughs> style. Uh, I imagine yeah. the recoil on that's a bit brutal. <laughs> that's how they change direction. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that, no, that just, would work. Yeah, no, the, the driver just hits the brakes whenever she fires. <laughs> so, 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 That's how yeah. physics works, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think that looks like a submachine gun. Mm. Yeah, just a a really nice little set, and weird that it it, it was sort of sandwiched between fantasy and sci-fi in here, which is actually how I found them. I, I discovered the motorbike italians when i was looking for something else i was like oh i wonder what else they do no, oh, they do russians i wonder what else they do nothing else fantasy and sci-fi after that oh, weird this leads me to believe that the people who are responsible for this website have italians and russians and couldn't yeah. get motorbikes anywhere else yeah that, that was kind of my thing and it feels like it's just like well can't find these i'll make them i wonder yeah. if anybody else wants these actually they do more for that and also very good for you know chasing the dispatch rider attempting to rest whatever orders are uh, away from them it's a great way to deal with russians on motorbikes chase them chase them chase them that guy is definitely definitely had to squeeze into that sidecar i think so well, the fat man. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're thinking why couldn't i ride the bike uh, whoever welded the, the machine gun on welded it like a foot too far back so he's just like really leaning into that yeah. I, I should call him McCabe, and he should be Jake. And there's <laughs> there's a reference for the kids in the crowd. If anybody gets that one, you're doing well. Anyway, uh, yeah. So that's that's a little set of bikes. In Would this the, kind of like motorized element of Russian army of the Russian army been like an actual thing, as in like oh, yeah. like on a on a bigger scale than you would think? Probably kind of thing. I don't know how prevalent it was with the Russians. The Germans right. called them uh, Kradschutzen. Right, yeah. and, and, and companies and and it was it, it was essentially the next step from uh the old mounted so in world war one you would have had mounted um rifle they would mm -hmm. ride to where they needed to go hop off their horses mm -hmm. one and three men would hold on to the horses and the rest would deploy and fight uh, and this was exactly the same idea it was about getting infantry forward so they didn't fight from the bikes yeah, but yeah. they would they would use them to get into possession. And you don't need to leave a man to look after the bike, I suppose. You don't need to leave a man to look after the bike. <laughs> the bikes will run away. It yeah. will stay wherever you put it. Yeah. Um, but the sci-fi sci-fi is the biggest thing now. Back in 2018, they were starting to work on a, a rule set that they'd taken around to some conventions called uh, breaching the rift, uh, and then the event happened. So it has been sort of on hiatus until then. Um, so. The idea is this would be for their own sci-fi game, uh, and I think you can still sign up to playtest. However, they can obviously be used in anything else you want, and there are some stonkingly good bits and pieces in here. Um, 
especially when we start to hit the alien creatures and the robots later on. Robots. But look, look, Ben. Tidy space dwarves. Space dwarves. Oh, it looks like he stole my beard. He's, I quite like that. It's like a half helm. Yeah, yeah. Type like of a thing. mask style helm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you just got the, the bottom of the uh, the face sticking out, being all creepy. And uh, I suppose it looks a bit like Robocop. Now I'm looking at it. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. Somewhere, somewhere <laughs> there's a war being committed. <laughs> yeah, I really like the... Uh, I the, the keep on to like, call them Hondurans, but they're not called that. The thing that's quite nice about those as well is that they're legitimately squat, as in they look small. <laughs> yes. So they're not going to feel like they're dwarfing <laughs> uh, the human models on the tabletop, which is cool. So, yeah. And they're a nice little, nice little range. And like I say, relatively um, generic, so that they haven't been tied to their own plans for game so tightly that you wouldn't be able to just chuck them into Stargrave or five parsecs or whatever it happens to be that yeah. you want to to run some stuff out in. There's a little tiny dog people. Good, good, <laughs> good line of sight, Dodgers. Oh, yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, all behind a wall. <laughs> I mean, 90% of the time, they're always in cover. Yeah. Um, I wonder how the best way to do this is because there's is a lot to get through on the bear, bear riders. Th- th- there's a lot to get through in the sci-fi, so we probably won't be able to get into it all. Although I will definitely show you the bear scout. Rawr. <laughs> Dwarf on bear, even in space. Brings me back to my old grenadier days. <laughs> what? Grenadier used to have dwarven cavalry mounted on bears in fantasy. Oh. It was great. When other games went, dwarves don't have cavalry. Grenadier went, they do. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you what, you're mounted on a bear and they'll have you, mate. They'll have you. I have it, the armor. Quite nice. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Chunky Evo armor. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of stuff that looks quite simple, but then it would paint up really nicely and very quickly, probably as well. So, I mean, yeah. get some good block colors and a bit of uh, contrast down there. You're done. No, I'm not going to go through that because there's 19 pages. It's all mixed. I'm going to go up to <laughs> what I'm going to call Circas on because I'm all about the Circasm. Um, the mech drones and AIs are great. Mercs are great. And the free rifters are me as balls. Oh, I love that guy. He's oh, amazing. Oh, you're going to be saying that an awful lot because all of their bots and droids are great. That is adorable. <laughs> Bam hacks when he got armored up. Yeah. Now, that's a Stargrave crew member right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, or if you want something got, different uh, for uh, core space. One of those big nuclear detonators, like a, a cooker timer, you just turn it. Oh, <laughs> he explodes all over people. Isn't that just his heart plug? Okay, it'd be a hard plug. Go fill the opponent. <laughs> I mean, there's a wee dude in there. You could do Wizard of Oz in space if I only had a heart. <laughs> a nuclear heart. Yeah, well, he's a bit TikTok man then, but yeah. uh, like a sci fi TikTok man. Mm. That's kind of cool. I like that one. Axe or a blade he's carrying in his other hand? Uh, it's a knife. Big old knife. That's a knife. A, a knife. I quite like the more bell-shaped robot, actually. I think, that's kind of, I, I think there's another one of them as well. Oh, don't worry. There, there's a couple. Yes. Yeah, that guy. He looks cool. The heavy battle robot. 
Oh, I really want to find some use for these in like Warpath or Firefight or something. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's not going to be difficult. <laughs> Considering the size of that, you could use them as your Iron Ancestors. Mm, Bam. Yeah. You could smash these into your Weird World War Two stuff as well. Oh so yeah. Do, yeah. Do some yeah. Olive Drab on there. Oh, well, I think. You, I think which, if they're going to the Weird World, would you War. give these to? Who came Ooh. up with the weird ball-looking ones? I'd say, I'd say the Japanese or something, maybe. I, think kind of I, cool. I know yeah. in Conflict there's already uh, some sort of land vehicle that is just a giant sphere coming towards you with guns <laughs> on it. And it's like gyroscopic, so the guns stay stable even though it, the entire thing's rotating. I think it might be the Russians have it. Yeah. I would just go at that point, just make these Russian heavy infantry because they've got the same spherical look to them. I'm confused. Which Who has the weird balls? Uh, possibly the Russians. Is this is, so, is this I, something I, in reality we're talking about? These weird. No, 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 no. Conflict forty-seven. Conflict forty-seven. Is that oh. with people trapped in those bikes? <laughs> Someone found a uh, a sketchbook of um, Da Vinci and decided to make it reality. That, was the, uh, that makes sense. A, a more. See, he's kind of cool as well. I like Slab the clanky look. The clanky look is the thing that makes it. You can actually like see how they move and walk across the tabletop. Kind he looks a bit happy. There, though, so. I'm kind of getting like Fallout New Vegas vibes off this. Yeah, his face reminds me of the clampy guy in Future Armor. Clamps, well. clamps. <laughs> the guy's as strong as an ox. We should call him Clamps. Yeah, I can't not see that now. Or he's, he's not he's not a million miles away from remember the the absolutely insane guy who's always trying to stab Fry and Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's not a million miles away from that with the long face <laughs> like and the two different friend. sized eyes. I never seen a face on that until you started talking about how he has a face, and now I cannot not see a face. So I'm holding you personally responsible for all yeah. the facing. Um, work here is done. But yeah. I, I, like I say, so many more drones, in fact. I, I am so in love with the kind of big bell bottom. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of digging the little service drone. Yeah, that is oh, just doing well, hang around on a ball. Yeah, you you could use them as like just a little mobile bomb. <laughs> Go on, Sparky. Go boom boom. What is my purpose? You explode. You explode. Oh, <laughs> just somebody's just stuck a bin over BB its head. <laughs> I wonder if I can stick these in. Can I replace the Mechanicus guys with some of these? Oh God, yeah. yeah. Nobody can stop you. You know, they're, they're deep sea diver looking guys. That's yeah, the yeah. ones. Yeah. Well, he looks like he just wants to shake your hand. He reminds, he reminds me a bit of the, I, I imagine he'd move a little bit like the, you know, the Honda robot that they <laughs> showed off like in the early 2000s. We're like, this is the future. Asimov. <laughs> yes. I believe Asimov. it was called. I'm, I'm yeah. kind of getting Robbie the robot vibes off that one. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah, totally I, in love with those. Yeah. So cool. They obviously, they, they have a plan for that, for breaching the rift, and have therefore made a full slew of these um, mm -hmm. spherical bots, Very cool. uh, which, are, which are absolutely I just thought it was an amazing idea. Yeah. <laughs> was that the sudden intake of breath we heard? Then? Yeah. Um, you know how like that looks like a rail gun? Yeah. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. What army in 40k has rail guns? Tau. Tau. Moo -moo. Now, what if, and what do the crew float around in? Spheres. Right, yes. What about if this is a crouped crafted battle suit? And if you were making a crouped army themed, these would be your battle suits. You see, I would have gone the other way and gone and rolled them into human conscripts. Yeah, we'll go that way. For the tower. Yeah. 
Hold on. Yeah, so the humans are trying to emulate Thai technology, and it's just like, no, no, humans, you're 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 small, you're smelly, you can go make your own <laughs> robots. I'd just like to point out on the subject of crit slash Taoisms. So that's that's your core droid that has no arms because it either carries a shield generator, a medi, or a thing. So that those are your Tao shield drones for your yep. crit and your bell suits. I was gonna say big crude ball mechs is the way forward. So <laughs> and there's, there's the title answer. for this week's show. <laughs> feels like, you know, uh, their version of a space marine. Yeah. Oh, have you ever seen the art where they actually do a Tau warrior as a space marine? Creepy. Nope. Do they still have little hooves creeping around? I can't remember. It's that long since I've seen it. I have, however, seen the old orc space marine armor that they wore. Um, and the, that reminds me a little bit of these as well. So. <laughs> I mean, you could make these orky, just stick some gubbins on. Yeah, just throw more gubbins on. But imagine those with like big crude pennants and on, like man. talismanic things around them and stuff. But, I think that would be amazing. But crude don't have hooves. No, no. I do. Yeah. Oh, the Tau do? Yes, yeah, the Tau yeah. do. Justin was talking about the, uh, uh, a Tau being turned into... Oh. Oh, you wouldn't turn a crit in a space marine. They're far too static. They never really got the speed. They never yeah. run anywhere. <laughs> he seems to be doing a little bit of a jive. He's cool. I like him. Like a breacher drone or something. That yeah. would explain the big... Uh, the big drill <laughs> hammer thing. Yeah, yeah that's it, a rock hammer. Mm. Oh, that would be a terrible weapon. It's put up against somebody's head. I just go through their helmets. Oh, Space Marine, suck it. Anyway. Very cool. Very cool. Leaving the mechs and the mercs behind them, we sort of have the more alien esque bits and pieces. Ooh. There's a Pelican Sapper who isn't some sort of scar chomping rat. Just saying he's not. What happened to Danger Mouse when he let himself go? <laughs> so, <laughs> DM. <laughs> when Penfold died, <laughs> Danger Mouse became unstoppable. <laughs> roaming from town to town. That is very core barren. space. I, I, that's like mm. proper, full-on core space alien style. I like that. I mean, yeah. that that's definitely an, an alien barman who's just had enough. Yes. I don't serve blue milk. Why do you humans keep asking for blue milk? <laughs> Get out of nice. my establishment. Mm. Look, there's another one of those possibly Hobbit type alien thing. Ooh. Yeah. But in the future, in the future, they've learned to wear shoes. Well done there. Well, you know, space is cool. It's the big news. What, what's that? Farscape? Farscape with the dreadlocks. Yeah, and the oh, yeah, yeah. Pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, Pilot was the big blue alien, was he not? Yeah, that's right. Oh, no. You, oh, are you thinking of the big the barbarian? Big, big angry yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Cool. I like this Andy little armored rover type thing. That's cool. Yeah. The I wonder what size that is. Uh, there might Can be. I use that as chimeras? Oh, I, don't know, I, th- much, I think it's going to be fairly dinky. It's going to be tiny, isn't it? It looks much based, better just, than what the League of Wotan gets. Just based on the wheel size. <laughs> I imagine those are sort of standard. So Kind of like the Dad's Army bathtub. Oh, there you go. There. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, there's four the, scale. <laughs> Space dwarf with cake, four scale. <laughs> that might not be a cake. 
I know. Although I think I think it's, it's a chocolate it, gato. It looks like yeah. a cake. <laughs> it, it, I'm getting very dark forest vibes from that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> nummy, nummy, nummy. Waiting for someone to come up with the bowl of whipped cream. It's very cute, though. Nummy, yeah, nummy. it's cool. Oh, like, I, nice generic space vehicle. Very mm. cool. Yeah. Just a little exploration ruler. Look at go, that. Go, go up one. Up one. Oh, this beardy guy, like here on the left, that one. That oh, one. Tobaro. Some kind of evolved <laughs> space rat. I don't know. Say that to his rat. face. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. Well, look at his face. <laughs> some oh, a squirrel. Is. Yeah, or some form of feline. I really like Great that they've kind feline. of pushed the boat out to create some interesting, unique alien creatures. Mm. Like they don't look too much like anything that exists. Uh, in other game worlds, really. yeah, with the exception of the Hobbit slash well, thing, yeah. and even yeah. then, the the facial with the big nose and the nostrils on the sides and dreadlocky bits. So it's it's not just short human, although there are short humans. I like his tiny feet. <laughs> he might not have real feet. He might end in like stumps. Maybe he ends in the Maybe top of, just above his knees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or prosthetics. Just yeah. two little stumpies. And there's a, a crew, including one of those tiny little what we wow. call dog, crew dog rooms. man. Is this that is, a mole person in the back? This is some serious cinematic photography going on right it here. Is. That guy. Wow. He's a a gomo. a gomo. Obviously. His name's Uti, or he's an Uti, and his name is Gomo. Choice <laughs> <laughs> is yours, you must decide. You're Gomo, you're also happy. Regardless, he's entirely naked, save his belt. So <laughs> I don't know that he might just be wearing like assassins figure hugging style. Oh no no, he's like a Lycra. naked mole rat. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> See, here's the thing, Dan. Do you that. expect a centaur to wear trousers? That's weird, actually. Yeah, yeah, I get your point. Yeah, yeah. I don't well, want a centaur to wear trousers. That would be oh, that would be really odd. <laughs> well, here's the question: Would it just be the hind legs, or would it be all four of the lower legs up to the waist of the human ass part? It would only be where the junk is. That makes sense. Ah, yeah. so if the junk's at the back, it'll just be the back two legs. Yeah. Yeah, but then, yeah. then when he needs to go to loo, how does he reach back that far? I mean, it's going to be like... because they have very dexterous dexterous. You're saying a lot of words. <laughs> That's not the right word. Dext- this sounds like a form Dextrous. of English. Dext- I don't know. They can wiggle their feet a lot. <laughs> that is exactly what I thought you were going for. But you're now thinking <laughs> of, a, of a centaur surreptitiously wiggling their way out of some pants now. So doing a bum wiggle just to drop <laughs> yes. them. But how do you get them up again without help? Even um, in space. So another centaur comes up and pulls oh, them up. Love the space halfling. <laughs> pugs in space. Yup. Space pug. I hope they have some sort of, you know, negative modifiers for their stamina because their breathing is still terrible. Flat yeah, that, thing. and, you know, they have to have a minus to the uh, the shooting stat just in case an eyeball pops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we can rebuild him. Rawr. He Hello, familiar. Justin. Oi. He looks a little bit like one of the beard. Muppets. <laughs> that looks even more like Justin when he puts on his cosplay stuff. <laughs> Harsh but fair. You'll soon be playing as Duo Twin, the engineer. That's go. what you told me that was for that mask. You said it was cosplay. <laughs> uh huh. You know, th- that one time I had it mailed to the office, you know, it was an accident. I clicked the wrong button on my autofill. <laughs> very, very Rayman looking. That's kind of cool. I like that. Uh, 
He's got little uh, chin whiskers. I like yeah. It. I like his little feet. He's like a goat person, little goat person. <laughs> uh, yeah, with his drippy ears. Yeah. Mm. It's a bad day. <laughs> and you said that, and I didn't have to. But yeah, the uh, the sci-fi range is the more comprehensive, mm. but it includes most of the sarcasm stuff in there as well. What a nice little uh, what's Project Bahara? Project Bahara is their bust. Ah, okay. So, so yeah, there's um, interesting things like say Pugs of War, Space Critters bust. We've seen most of them. There is something to be said. Oh, yeah, I thought you liked that. Um, about having a, a rake of space dwarves bounding around, not in the stereotypical space dwarf things. I like things. those. Mm-hmm. I no, like those. Having your little speedy monowheels. They feel like proper tunnel craft. You can see those whizzing along. Yeah, you don't want big and bulky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These are your uh, fast attack option, I suppose. Mm-hmm. He's got a little screen so you can see what's in front of him. You'd be surprised. <laughs> very how many, you'd be surprised yeah. how many of these monowheel type things don't have them. <laughs> so you have thinking, to lean out the side. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I'm concerned. Yeah. Anytime I see anything like this, I always want to put it on a on a ramp whenever I'm modelling it because we. Yeah, oh, I, I have. I've got some, and one lists way to one side, ah, one's upright, yeah. one lists way to the other side, just because you can donut them around things. It looks great. They're also doing this. I don't know how far this has got. Um, essentially, it's a plan to remaster an old style one in the CAD and reproduce it. Um, the plan was when they get a significant amount of orders, I think 75 or so, they'd be able to push ahead with it. Um, so doing threshold stuff? That type of thing. However, it's been sitting for a while, so I don't know if they've got anywhere near that number yet. Mm. Uh, so this, this while it's here, is a pre-order, and it's a pre-order on the basis that when they hit that number, that they'll be able to start fulfilling it. So this is very much a... Um, do not be ordering it if you if you're after something for next week because you've got a, a game to play next month or a tournament to go to or whatever because mm, it could be months from now. It, it really is a a way that they're hoping to get in yeah. a bigger vehicle that, that hasn't been produced in a while. But yeah, it's yeah. Um, so if if you're wanting it, order it and pester two other friends to order it and have them pester have two them, other friends oh, yeah. to order it. The problem with that is you've got 13 cycles and then you outdo the population of the world. But I think the that's problem the with that is. If you go looking for a custom vehicle like that, you don't want your friends to have it. <laughs> that's very <laughs> that's true. That's the that's the problem there. Uh, that is one hundred percent true. But yeah, just thought it was a a cute and cuddly little thing to have a look at, um, just for some alternative things for your your sci-fi These are games. Brilliant, yeah. yeah space beaver. beavers. <laughs> yeah. Space beavers. I, th- yeah. I thought it was a space kobold for a second. No, <laughs> nobody wants nobody wants kobolds. I like his little feet. Yeah, but, but they're space. Are you really liking people's feet? <laughs> yeah, it's very, very much on a feet type thing at the moment. I don't know why. Um, but I just thought there are so many figure agnostic sci fi games that have hit recently. Uh, and this company has some really genuine, stuff, yeah. unique looking like that. stuff. Um, that it would it'd be worth giving a, giving oh, yeah, a, bit of a, a spotlight into this. And also, if you happen to be playing your, your World War Two and you're after some bike trips as well for the Italians and Russians, I mean, you're not going to find them in many other places. Mm. Uh, so there we have it. That is like Gadran, Gaidran, Gidran, Gidran. Yeah. And like I say, they are 
working on a, a sci-fi game of their own and you can sign up on the website as well to play test so hopefully that gets resurrected now that things have got a bit out and in the world again and the event is over that's what joe biden said i believe him right shall we have a quick swish and come back and take a look at the news coming to you from the center of northwestern europe covering board games war games card games and all that shit you love it's the news. <laughs> All right, we are back for some news, and we're going to be jumping straight in with a whole new rule set, Ben. Oh, yeah. Um, so the Perry Twins have joined forces with none other than Jervis Johnson. There's a name you know, that rings a bell. I know. Wow. I thought he only wrote Warhammer rules. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Jarvis <laughs> from out there. Also, yes. Uh it is past the year 2000, yeah. Um, so anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, Perry Miniatures have joined forces with Jervis Johnson to create a new set of entirely free Napoleonic wargaming rules. Um, for, free? So these, for free? So yes, these are. this is called Valor and Fortitude, um, and it has been designed so that it's a quick and easy to understand set of Napoleonic gaming rules. As I say, they are free, and they come in at a hefty... Oh, a hefty eight pages long. Um, it does read a little bit like a math textbook, but uh, I have been assured that it is very good, uh, as I've seen in some people's comments uh, online and all that kind of stuff. As well. Oh, so, wow. It is. This is very OG. Yes. We'll have to say right off the bat, if you're worried about that eight pages, don't panic. The first two is the cover and the first And literally <laughs> Jervis just talking so, about random nonsense. So yeah, you can so, already, yeah. we're down to six. And then and the, the last, last page is a crib sheet, yeah. It's <laughs> your quick reference and your yeah. FAQ. So actually, yeah. we've only four pages of rules. <laughs> Effectively, yes. <laughs> it is, oh. it's, a very, it's a very good set of rules, actually, because I was having a newsy through it. This, um, this, this could break me. This could break my wolf on. I could just go off and get the wolf on armies and yeah. use eight. What is it? Six pages of rules? Four. Four. Four pages, four pages of, rules. of rules. But it's got some um, fascinating little tweaks in it. Um, yeah. With the, yeah. the like, the the system we all, we all think of whenever you're playing a war game is you generally have something that goes move shoot fight run away that that is your standard sort of breakdown of a lot of turn sequences and a lot of games across a lot of genres um this goes slightly different because you go fire well actually you start with fate so all the, the units use a, a set of 13 cards from a, a a suit, you know, a deck of cards. So you've you got hearts, hearts and spades. Hearts yeah. and spades. Yeah. Uh, and each army list has their own sort of unique thing. So you draw one at the start of the turn and you can play it immediately or hang on to them, build up a collection of them and use them to smash your opponent. Um, so you've got face and then you have your shooting and then you have your action phase and the action phase lets you do maneuvers or rally or um, assault. Uh, so it gives that the prolonic feel where you're going, well, do I hold off for a to get in a better position this turn or do i fire and i'm just left stuck there reloading for a turn mm -hmm. so it by flipping the order around of those right off the bat you've got some interesting questions because you normally be going well i move forward and then i'll fire and now yeah. you're going, well I, it's either or and the fire comes first so you might have to wither a turn of fire to get into a position where you can assault with a big french column it I, feels I like more that. appropriate for the style of combat mm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, it kind of gives me the the feel of Napoleonic combat, where you see like a lot of lines march up, and then there's just this crackle of gunfire, mm, yeah. and then everyone takes some time to reload, 
and then people start moving again. So it feels like it fits that. Um, one of the nice things that Jervis Johnson said in his little um, blurb at the start is that he's tried to design it without any game designer f- wittery. You'll have to bleep that. There we go. But no, in the notes. <laughs> uh, but it's got some of that in there. Um, well, the cast dance. Yeah, all of that has been removed, which I think was a really fun way of approaching it. Um, and it's, well, as, as Jerry said, it's been cut down to just effectively four pages of rules, really. Yeah, I mean, fairly dense paragraphs, but it's not exactly like it's going to take you a long time to read it uh, no. and dive in and stuff. But um, I think for a lot of people, one of the big things they've always said is that finding the right rule set for Napoleonics mm. is always a bit of That's a slog. That's always been the, the clincher, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so this might, you know, do it. I mean, it... it, it the, the the Perry twins aren't exactly um, <laughs> shy of talking about Napoleonics and building amazing Napoleonic armies. Um, and so they've been in, involved with this and Jervis have been involved well, with this. And if they like it, then yes. I think that... Uh, you can be will... guaranteed it's been playtested. Oh, sure. yes, it definitely oh, yeah. has been playtested. They talk about that a lot, yeah. So, um, they will have playtested the bejesus out of this. Yes. Yeah. But, but this was also part and parcel of the sort of brief. It's like, mm-hmm. here's a system that we can play games with, but also... If you happen to be at a convention or be bringing new players in, you don't have to spend Demo five hours stuff, yeah. explaining how the game works and all the various things. They should be able to pick it up very quickly uh, without a, a big step, you know, a, a speed bump getting in the way of yeah. actually playing the game. I just need to get a deck of cards as well. Yeah, just a deck of cards. And Buy a nice fancy have. Napoleonic one. <laughs> but if, yeah, if, it, do that. if it plays pretty quickly, then if you're running something like a campaign, you could get like multiple rounds of the campaign in, in a single day. So maybe two, three Probably rounds if do, you yeah. were lucky. Yeah. You know, I that, that's one thing I hear about campaigns is that slowness of waiting two weeks for the next round. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how quickly it plays. There, there was a thing where the, when they were play testing, an hour playing, or two apparently, it, it was playing for yeah. longer. Yeah, but to mitigate that, they brought rules in, uh, sort of a, a time. Yes, not, not before you just flee the yeah. field. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so that you can set that. But I also like the idea of going well. You know, a, a, to play out a not Waterloo because you couldn't, but to play out a big chunk of Waterloo or one of the other large uh, battles. I don't mind spending an afternoon doing it, mm. but if you want to just go toys on the table, bang out a couple of games in a, yeah. a few hours, and then mm. head off to the pub, then you know it's also a very good way of doing it. So yeah. I like the fact that you have the the army lists are relatively constrained. So you've got again a single sheet, double sided. One side will give you your entire army list, and the other side gives you what the fate card do for you, and that's how they vary. I really like that. The, yeah. the play styles or, or add a yeah. bit of fog and friction to the game as well. I didn't um, see much about basing. I've seen like one basing sort ba- of part. Basing of is whatever you want. And as long as your opponent is similar, it doesn't even have to be identical. So if you're basing on 40 mil squares and they're basing on 60 by 40s or 50 mil, you know, it's close enough kind of thing. You don't, as long as yeah. you're not running massively out. So it's as free form as it can be um, to allow you to, to play about with it. And there's even a couple of, um, different scenarios scenarios that that you can play um so (laughs) as you might imagine you just charge at each other (laughs) this will do very very basic um ideas behind it but obviously there's there's rooms for aggressive expansion um beyond this so So it's quite nice in the in the rules as they stand there are um breakdowns for the french the austrians the prussians and the russian armies Hmm. And they've said that expansion stuff is coming in the future. They're going to be doing British and Spanish. 
So you'll you'll have two more big hitters effectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they said that the rules can be tweaked and changed and all that kind of stuff. And they are going to be working on doing uh, additional rules because of course they are, because this is what the Perrys play and make. They're going to be doing the War of the Roses and the Franco-Prussian Wars as well. So if you're interested in finding out a little bit more about that, uh, it's probably worth roses, keeping an huh? eye on stuff. War of the Roses the Roses. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Even Franco, I mean, they've started doing the Franco-Prussian They have, yeah. recently. Loads and loads of new metals um, and stuff, yeah. So yeah, that having a, a accessible, easy rule set for Franco-Prussian would be fascinating as well. Yeah. Hmm. And, you know, it's free. There's no reason not to go and check it out and give it a read. You can Best sit on the price. bog and read it by the time you're finished. So there we go. Very, very good price. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and if you don't like it, you've got something to wipe your backs out. Top tip, though, say. if you are going to read it on the bog, after you've finished squeezing it out, stand up and then sit back down again and then read it. Something, something to do is reset something in your arse or something. <laughs> you shouldn't You shouldn't sit when you're open for too long or something. So standing up and sitting down, reset it. It's the equivalent of turning your sphincter off. Thank you, I think. Something to do with getting too much air up your bum. I don't know. <laughs> Could be. For all I know. <laughs> you heard I, it on I, the internet. Well, but let me just say, I'm not a doctor. But he has that is now the title house. of yeah. the yeah. Is it lupus? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me it's lupus. It's never lupus. Yeah. Oh, dear. Right. Okay. So, anyway. Going, moving from one, yeah, yeah move, moving from one void to another. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be looking at the new September releases for Bushido. Um, so the first of these is uh, oh, that looks so for Vault Five oh, E oh, okay. <laughs> is um, the Void themed warband. Um, so folks will have noticed that this had come out actually a little while ago at events, uh, but now it's going to be available for you to yes. check up properly. Uh, the Void have been uh, designed effectively as the entire entire antithesis to the Temple of Rokan and their divine ways, effectively. Um, whilst many of the characters and creatures within the world of Bushido can draw on key in order to uh, do their amazing powers, uh, the Void are devoid haha, hey. of key, and hey. so will even sap it from those around them as well. So they're like the proper masterful evil characters within your games uh, another one of the characters that's been added to the mix as well is this very very nice master she uh, who could be picked up to use the leader within your bushido forces uh, and it's just really nice to see them continuing to do this kind of themed warband mm. thing uh, i know the next one that's coming up is a kitsune themed one so it's got lots of fox people in it which i think is very very cool um, so make sure to look out for that one um, in addition to the void we also have some new releases for a variety of the different factions. So we've got Hiroto, the drunken master, who is for the Ronin and can be used as a mercenary in a bunch of different forces. Uh, he comes with his big old katana and a big, a big old, old belly. A big I old keep belly. Your belly. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he will deal with you when he sees fit to deal with you. So uh, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how that deal, mm. how that works on the tabletop. I love the kind of like old master vibe, you know, those he, big rippling muscles and then clearly, the massive beer belly. So he yeah. clearly sat on the toilet too long, got too much air yes, inside. Probably, yes. Ah, yes. So that that's yeah. that's wind, not beer. That wind is, not right. beer. Apparently, wind like beer. there is a thing about trying to empty your diaphragm out properly, get rid of a hot belly because of a lot of it's trapped wind. Okay. We are learning so much. We are. Um, I like to say um, by his YouTube choices. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. <laughs> um, next up, we have another miniature for the Cult of Yuri. Uh, this is Fua Kaiden, who is the uh, ghost-style character for you to add into your games. She's very different from a lot of stuff that's in Bushido in that she's really not um, offensively 
uh, orientated, mm-hmm. much more focused on the idea of support and that kind of thing. Uh, and they did. They said that they played around a lot of times with kind of playtesting for the for the character to try and make it so that she would survive long enough in order to use her powers for the rest mm-hmm. of the the warband. Um, so it's going to be a really interesting sort of tactical choice, I think, for a lot of people who are diving into play. Oh, as she, the, uh, the she looks like Lionel. She does look a little bit like Lionel. Yes, <laughs> I think, like I think she makes a good. Good banshee though as well. Yeah. Well, she's a, she's a big ghost, so yeah. Or some form seems of to be evil escaping gym. from the lantern. Yeah, yeah. So we'll yeah. have to cut the lantern bit off. It looks like oh, it's no, all separate. separate. Oh, there separate, we go. Yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, that. very very cool model. Uh, if you want to play around with something a little bit different mm-hmm. with your sort of undead in Bushido, uh, then we have some much more martially focused characters. So we have Nagato, who is a proper ninja who comes with those amazing hook swords. Um, he has probably cut off many of his digits beforehand. He's trying definitely. to learn how to use that. Uh, but you'll be able to swing that around and take people out. Um, his abilities allow him to engage multiple opponents at once. So rather than just having to strike against one fellow, you can instead swing that around and hit multiple people in combat and stuff. Because obviously yeah. he's a whirling dervish of pain. Great for, great for Ninja Turtles. Great for Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Yeah. Ninja Shredder. I don't know. Yeah. That, that Shredder's a little bit narto. <laughs> that, that headband is very Naruto, actually, especially with the yeah the plate, yeah, very much so. Uh, and then last, once again, of, we see the age divide there, Lloyd. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then last but not least, we have Kinzoku, who is an armorer um, who is able to bestow special properties onto the armor of uh, other individuals within his warband uh, and en- enchant their weapons and their armor and stuff to protect them from even the most deadly of blows. Uh, so a very cool miniature that's, again, a little bit sort of going down the idea of it being a supplementary character mm. rather than it being a sort of straight and out kind of offensive piece, which I think is quite nice to see. And as we talked about uh, last last week on the XLBS with Jason, um, mm. actually, Bushido is a really fun little game. Uh, and if you're interested in it, I think there's, there's no reason not to dive in and give it a shot. There are categorically releases every month for this mm. game uh, and they will normally cover pretty much all of the factions each time they do um so it's definitely not a game that will be you'll be like oh where's the new releases they are always churning lots of interesting things out for people and always they're a very very friendly bunch as well in their yeah. community so yeah very cool. it has a real distinctive look to it as well yes where yeah. it sort of blends the Mythology, Mytho- the stuff. mythology yeah. of, of um, Asia with the, the reality. Mm-hmm. So you get some really distinctive and unique looking figures as well, Definitely. which we've just yeah. seen. I mean, things like the uh, the armor as a support mm-hmm. character offering up the helmet cool. is really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the same time, Lino is a ghost, is obviously <laughs> thunder, thunder, thundercats. Oh, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, uh, moving on from that, we're going to be diving back into the historical uh, and actually into the War of the Roses. Um, so Andy Callan, who a lot of people will know, created the amazing um, kind of my first time wargaming books with uh, Peter Dennis that we've looked yeah, at in the past. And, and he's wrote all the rules for the Wild Fun. Flats. He has, yeah. yeah. So he is quite good at writing quick and easy rules. Mm. Um, sat down in 2020, well, actually before that, but in 2020 to bring Nevermind the Bill Hooks, which is obviously a very good pun, <laughs> uh, uh, to the tabletop. This was a set of, as they described it, beer and pretzel style rules for playing out quick and easy games of the War of the Roses on the tabletop and also sort of late late medieval scuffles Mm. in general, effectively. Um, Well, the folks over at uh, War Games Illustrated have decided to come back to the project with Andy once again and have effectively given the rules a deluxe treatment. So rather Mm. than it just going to be, well, it was just a supplement alongside their magazine back back in 2020. 
Um, but it's now actually going to get a proper big full release as a nice book with lovely artwork and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, a lot of the stuff that has been talked about on the Nevermind the Bill Hooks um, Facebook group yeah. has been taken into account. So they've kind of FAQ'd and narrated a bunch of stuff. And as, as the editor has said in their latest uh, press release thing, and he says he's done, although we think he's still writing. Um, <laughs> so it should be come out. It should be coming out fairly soon, which I think is quite cool. Um, the focus again of this is that it's more uh, around the idea of, as they say, small skirmishes and well, sorry, small battles and large skirmishes. Large skirmish, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of the idea of um, sort of uh, interesting, tight engagements between units that aren't going to last hours and hours and hours. Um, and even though they've said that people have played this with like six players per side, mm. huge armies and all that kind of thing, and the game worked, the real focus of the game is to be played with maybe three or four units per side, some leader characters and that kind of stuff as well. Um, one, one of the other things that was was really interesting this is that I assumed, because, you know, you, you get a you hear a lot of the sort of mythology of the of, of the longbow and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. in medieval history. One of the big things they wanted to put into this is they really wanted to get across the kind of smash of arms and that mm-hmm. kind of fight between infantry because that was the stuff that won battles. And so to that effect, bows are good, obviously, because, you know, they were, but mm-hmm. there's a real focus on it being a much more of a melee struggle and focusing around the idea of the how the formations act with each other and that kind of stuff as well. So... Sounds really cool. And uh, I think if you're interested in this kind of period of the War of the Roses, it's definitely worth one to go and yeah. check out. So yeah. It's funny. I've got the original um, yeah. from War Games Illustrated, mm-hmm. although because I'm not currently playing uh, War of the Roses type games, it, it's just been sitting on a shelf. Mm-hmm. But there were some fascinating little bits and pieces in there that Andy did, one of which was um, the, the way sort of stakes and the like disrupt infantry yes. coming in. Uh, means that in Warhammer you would always have the Bretonian archers with a big line of stakes right in front stakes, of them. Yeah. I go, well, in reality, really what happens is they come up, they get disordered, so you wouldn't deploy your archers tied up against your defense. You deploy them a bit back, shoot over, and then when people come past, they get disrupted, their lines get broken, the shield walls... You shoot them some more. Them, <laughs> and now they're not in cover anymore because they're not behind yeah. a, a line of stakes. You just shoot them and pick them off one by one as they come through. Um, but it's 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 funny that we looked at Valor and Fortitude being mm-hmm. like a four four page rule system essentially because if I remember right, before the little twenty page Bill Hooks supplement came out from War Games Illustrated, and he had originally written a four page yeah. rule set yeah. for him and his friends, and the only reason it expanded was because it was like, well, they told him should. <laughs> I know how this works, and you know how this works because we're now playing together. Other people, yeah, but explaining <laughs> to other people needs to get a bit yeah. bigger. It's one of the reasons why Valor and Fortitude is very dense because it's mm-hmm. trying to get and terse. I think is the other word that Jervis used because it's getting across so much information in a very brief, brief window. But it'll be fascinating. In a couple of years, will we see Valor and Fortitude be expanded? And expanded into something more comprehensive and more sort of big book format. I I should also say, you want to get with that? Yeah, very true. Uh, You know, there are a lot of people who love a little bit more of that granularity to games. Mm. I know a lot of people who play the hex and counter style stuff love that sort of element to things, of course. Uh, but yeah, um, I should also say that as well as the book getting a revamp, they're also going to revamp the gaming cards and the tokens as well. Yeah, so the, ga- the game came with, like I said, gaming cards and stuff to, yeah. as references. Could, and yeah, you could print things. them out yourself or you could yeah. buy a, an actual printed deck from uh, War Games Illustrated, which I never got around to buying. 
The, the old version of the rules, by the way, are still available on the War Games Illustrated website for like mm. six quid, I think, as a, a digital download. Uh, but obviously, you might want to wait uh, to see whether or not this is worth giving a shot. Uh, mm. I'm sure there'll be some videos on it and stuff, as there were with the uh, release back in 2020. So, yeah. so yeah, very cool. Well, it's definitely worth having a butcher's over and playing out some little, small, teeny, tiny games. Yeah. Not everything yeah. has to be a massive battle, they tell me. <laughs> Speaking I'm, I'm of sure. massive battles. Say that, say that to 12-point yeah. saga. That's what I say, yeah. Uh, next off, we're moving to a galaxy far, far away. Um, mm. And it seems very apt, considering that Andor is out in the world now, which is kind of cool. But um, this is going back to the Clone Wars, in fact, uh, with a little bit of a pandemic spin-off with a new board game from uh, the folks at Z-Man. So Star Wars The Clone Wars which you'll see. I've heard of that. Actually includes some proper awesome cartoon-style characters. Booyah, Ahsoka Tano, cow, <laughs> and also Asajj Ventress is in there as well, and she's awesome. Uh, but anyway, so this is going to be similar to the uh, pandemic system in that you're going to be trying to stop um, something from taking over areas of the game board. In this case, the something is the Separatist droids and the Sith, and so you're going to be moving around your heroes across the board, trying to stop planets from being blockaded by the Separatists and closed off from your control. So it'll have the same kind of feel to a uh, traditional game of Pandemic in many ways, where you'll be moving around the map, using cards to do so, dealing with the enemies there in a variety of different ways, which we'll get to in, in a second, mm. and then trying to like, put out lots of different fires around the galaxy as you do. Some of the interesting things that have kind of tweaked and changed uh, stuff in the game, yeah, <laughs> from uh, the from the, um, the the basic pandemic game is that they're actually card and dice based combat in this as well. So there's a little bit of something extra thrown to the mix, which I think <laughs> is really nice to see, uh, rather than it just being the same kind of almost essentially Euro game. They've yeah. thrown a little bit of an extra kind of randomization into their bit of a Marathrashy style thing, just to kind of give things a little bit more of that kind of over the top heroic. Um, Hollywood flair as well, which I think is really nice to see. Um, I also have to give top tips. Well, top tips. I have to tip my hat to them for the top use of amazing artwork from the various Asmodee games rather than going with screenshots and stills because, my God, that would be terrible. But there we go. Say, <laughs> when Maul is removed, he loses three power and also his lower torso. And also his Unlucky <laughs> Darth Muldmucker, old pal. It's interesting looking. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a really interesting. It, yeah, I think it's a really interesting use of the pandemic system to do something similar whilst also stepping away from the core mechanics in a way yeah. that feels representative of the Star Wars universe. Because you're trying to play out that kind of like a little bit more over the top heroic nature to things, and that wouldn't necessarily come across if you were just going to be doing like a card based. When I've managed to make sure the maths works, mm. I think playing around with different concepts is really cool. And I, I'm really interested to give this one a go. I think the other thing that's really nice about this is that it should be a good way to get people into um, board games if they were maybe a little bit kind of like hesitant beforehand. Pandemic's always had a little bit of Star Wars. Hooked them with Star Wars. That's what you got to do. Obviously, a lot of people are like, oh, Pandemic's a great gateway game. But as I was talking to my friend actually this week about it, some of the rules can be a little intense. I think this kind of yeah. will play yeah, around with that. And, let and the subject matter. It. Everyone's sick of it. Well, yeah, of course. Someone <laughs> I, wants to do I, I, say, I am more of Star Wars, but having a common IP to draw someone in so that narratively yeah. their head's already in the space to actually start learning more about it. Yeah. I'm sure, it works. But. Overall, for me, I'm I'm just a little too bored of Star Wars. 
I will never be too bored of Star Wars. When I'm too <laughs> bored of Star Wars, it's time to bury me because I'm about to be stinging. And you'll bury him in that massive uh, episode one uh, cloth behind him. So. My shroud. It is shroud. This is shroud of Jerry. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, uh, nice, interesting yeah. stuff there. Hopefully, people will check that out. I think there's going to be lots of damage and stuff around um, the Eschen Spiel time. So, yeah, I imagine we'll see an it. awful lot so. of it come October. Yeah. yeah, fantastic stuff. Ooh. Italians in the Gentlemen's War. Oh, yes. And yeah. Ben has been practicing this for hours. So, yes. yeah. Oh, okay. So, all of the new Italian stuff is going to be landing for bolt action from Warlord Games. Uh, uh, actually, this weekend, all the pre-orders are going to be live for all this stuff. Wow. So you'll be able to pick a, go out and pick it all up. Uh, we start with the, oh, let's get it right, the Sagalieri, or, or maybe just the Babidabupi. Let's say Sagalieri. no. The Sagalieri starter army. Um, so this is the well effectively this is going to be made up of the new plastic kit for the italian infantry that we have actually seen previewed uh, a couple of times over the last year or so mm-hmm. i think actually uh, but it's going to be a big 36 man infantry box all of plastic miniatures that can be at, well basically created in many many different ways with a whole slew of different weapons for you to build your italians uh, in world war ii now, we were talking earlier a little bit about the Italians um, when we we're looking at the Indy of the Week. Mm. And one of the things that I think is always a little bit of a misnomer is that the Italians were all just basically white flag waving surrenderists who would run away at the, the, you know, the slightest sight of an American tank. Um, but in actual fact, in reading this and learning a little bit more about it, the Italians, whilst a lot of them maybe ran away, when the when the uh, when the allies invaded Italy, um, a fair amount of them were actually really elite soldiers, uh, and this kit has been designed in such a way, alongside some of the other stuff we're going to see, to kind of represent that on the tabletop, um, because Warlord are trying to effectively build on what they've done previously with the Italian Wars book and that kind of stuff, to kind of give us some interesting stuff to to play around with in World War Two, which I think is really nice. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think it was more a case they were badly led in a lot badly of cases led, and, yes, and yes. badly equipped they were still yes, I think they were still set up for fighting interwar mm-hmm. um, when everybody else was upgraded so yes because i think when the north africa campaign kicked off and when the likes of rommel was sent down to support them mm-hmm. he got some fantastic use out of the italian troops he, he loved them he loved yeah. them so yeah and they they you know big chunks of them were still fighting at the end of the war yeah. on both sides mm-hmm. So the uh, the Sagliere starter arm, as you see there, as we say, uh, as I about to say, it comes with uh, some new stuff. So you get a plastic M1340 medium tank, uh, which can also be built as a Semavente 75-18 assault gun, if you prefer. So you can play around with that stuff. And those are no pushovers in their own right, which is kind of cool. Um, the um, Bersaglieri uh, starter army also comes with an officer team, a medium machine gun, and a medium mortar team, because of course they do. Uh, everyone loves those. And there's also a 20 mil anti-aircraft gun as well, because, yeah, you know, a lot of just... people hot-dropping people into Italy. God damn it. So there we go. But, yeah. I like it. It looks really, really appealing. Really really it's, it's a really fun kit. I think It, it looks, looks like really a really good. good box set. I'd be interested yeah. in it if I could say the words. <laughs> just say <laughs> <laughs> with, with the fingers up yes, right. yeah. what do you think you're going to move now Lloyd if you wanted to avoid having to say complicated words you could also just say the black shirts because you can actually make a army of black shirts using exactly the same box set all you've got to do is switch around some of the heads and some of the weapons that they're equipped with 
lose the big and cockerel feathers off the helmets. No yes, lose the feathers. Is that a fez? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you can make a black shirts army instead. So if you want to play as uh, Mussolini's fascists, then you can definitely do that. Uh, and this set is effectively more or less the same as the last one in many regards. You get the 36 infantry that you would normally get in mm. the uh, the normal infantry kit, but you also then get the... Um, some Avente kit and all that kind of I stuff. I think there's like a priest socks thing going on here because they're called the black shirts, but it's really just dark blue. It's the old question, like, how do you paint black? Yeah. You don't. <laughs> uh, there's also the machine gun team and the Morse team in there. Mm. They have played around with this a little bit in that you've got a pair of officers, a medic and a radio operator uh, to play around with in that set, which is really cool. Is this the, other... the same box set? It's essentially the same box set, except with there's different a few heads di- and stuff. Well, yeah, because the oh, plastics oh, are still oh, the same. Oh, they, oh, is it two different box sets and you buy it? It's not one yes. box set that builds both or, or yeah. one or other, so it's two different box sets. So it's two different starter armies. Okay. Within them are the plastic set that can build all the different types of infantry, but then they've supplemented it with some of the additional characters and tanks and things yeah. like that. I think so. the only real difference you'll run into is... The command. Probably. Is the command, because the command's going to be yes. metal. Yeah. Um, It'll have the specific one depending on which force you're going to run, but the core plastic trips will make either. Yes, yeah. So you could so, do both if you really wanted to. Yeah, you can mix and match. Yeah. You could have a yeah. you have black shirts in as elites mm-hmm. uh, or veterans or whatever you want to call yeah. them alongside them. I mean, uh, it looks like it'll be an interesting painting challenge for folks out there. I think it'd be really fun. I think it'd be really op- a good opportunity to try and something a little bit different. Um, yeah, uh, World War II army that's not bloody green all the time. Exactly. Well, well, as green. we bring up picture of green. Oh yeah. So this is actually, the next two we're going to be looking at are some more of those kind of elite soldiers that the Italians had to draw upon. Mm-hmm. Obviously I'm not a massive World War II buff or anything, but this is what I've read anyway. So this is the ex Arditi uh, infantry section. I probably could have just said Arditi rather than putting the accent on, but mm. there we go. And this the is the, 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 the tough. <laughs> so this is actually effectively the Italian equivalent of the British commandos uh, mm. in many regards. Uh, they were incredibly physically and mentally tough. They were incredibly experienced in combat uh, and would be sent behind enemy lines and all sorts of different things. So if you're looking for a very, very good squad of specialists for your army, then this is definitely one to pick, pick up and play mm. around with, which I think is really nice. And they all come with fancy hats as well. The Italians love a fancy hat. Everybody loves a okay. fancy hat. And what periods can I play? If I uh, buy this box set? What, early, mid, or late? What, what, what do you play? All of it. Well, yeah, yeah pretty much all the, of it. The Italians were still fighting. They still fielding that tank towards the end of the war. They, they were still fighting in parts of Italy until the, the bitter, bitter end. So as to how, how much armor they had and where they were located might be a bit more ropey. Um, but they're, you know, Easily early war, easily mid in North Africa, and then up through Italy in the defence. And then at that point, you've got partisans and the um, the kings, uh, essentially the the king's Italian forces fighting against the the fascist Italian forces as well. So you can have them on both sides. Not sure if the I'm sure I assume the Italy book will cover both as well. I haven't looked at it. I think it does actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you yeah. can sprinkle in some Germans if you want. You can, yeah. Obviously. Did, did they look different, the kings versus the fascists? I honestly don't know. I haven't. I don't pay enough attention. Was it like loyalists versus roundheads? Yeah. <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion it probably was. I am. Yeah. I, I spend a lot of my time on the Eastern Front with Danes, so I don't. I haven't looked at the the Italian mm-hmm. campaign hugely. Uh, yeah, so the next set is another set of the, the kind of specialists. So this is the San Marco Marines. 
there's another infantry section that's going to be available for you to pick up. These are all new sculpts as well, by the way. So they're not something that they're recycling, which I think is really nice to see. Uh, the pride of the Italian Navy, these fellows, um, fought in all around the Mediterranean and in North Africa as well. They took part in Tobruk. So if you wanted to play out some stuff around then, you can do. And uh, yeah, just a nice little set, armed to the teeth, as you can see, and also dressed in their naval uniforms. Yeah. As you, if you couldn't tell by the anchor, I suppose. But yeah. <laughs> you, you will have to freehand that. Yes, you will. Yeah. You say that, but pretty you much every transfer for it. Well, pretty much every um, warlord box comes with transfers. If they're doing that, is they're, true. If they're doing yeah. shield cuff or not shield, if they're doing um, cuff ribbons for the mm. Germans, I'd be surprised if they didn't do. Uh, anchor transfers very for, uh, the naval. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, uh, those ones do look freehanded, but yeah, yeah. I guess maybe yeah. they were painted before they were produced. Yeah, I will tell. And uh, last but not least, uh, we also have a set of their colonial troops as well with incredibly high, uh, high topped fezzes. <laughs> uh, so this is to represent the uh, essentially the African colonies that would have been uh, fighting for the Italians. Um, during that period, really, uh, they would have been. They were apparently used in East Africa quite a lot mm. uh, against the Allied invasions, um, as you might have imagined. Somewhat unfortunately, they were not exactly given the best weapons. Um, but despite that, they were pretty hardy fellows indeed, and uh, were very, very good up close and personal. Apparently, mm. uh, they used those very long fighting knives, as you can see there, to great effect uh, when they combat with the. Uh, the allies and stuff. Um, so yeah, if you're looking to change things up a little bit and add some of the sort of colonial troops to the mix as well to try and give you that interesting um, sort of mosaic, what everything looked like in West Africa and stuff, then you can give it a shot. Obviously, you know, this was also the period where the, the Commonwealth were fighting alongside mm. the rest of the Brits and the Americans in North Africa and that kind of stuff as well. So, you know, lots of different people from all sorts of different walks of life fighting in those deserts and uh you could tell some really interesting stories there i think so and, and to be fair to the the colonial trips there when when they didn't get the best equipment we have to remember when the germans arrived and they didn't have any tropical troops or colonies of their own they asked the italians is there anything they needed to do to adapt and the italians went no are there anything <laughs> their vehicles and the italians went no so they put the usual diesel into their vehicles and they all broke down because it was too thick and the italians had been using a thinner tropically designed diesel for years so it was almost the like italians were just assholes to everyone yeah. <laughs> you know. it might be that they asked the guy on the gate who just didn't know but just was going to give an answer anyway because dagnamit he knows yeah. everything <laughs> bit of yeah. but we have uh, obviously that big box set to win as well. So, you know, yeah. if you wanted, mm -hmm. if you wanted to start. And that's obviously based around the, the Desert War and that kind of stuff yeah. as well. So it's perfect time to grab that and, and have one with both Top the Allies and Axis. Talk so, your friends into doing the Italians. Then. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I like yeah. that. I like the Italians because I'm kind of a bit bored of seeing Brits and Americans and, and Germans. So but nice to see you. Right. Finishing off the news then, we are yes. visiting the wonderful world of Warhamster. Yeah, uh, so not a lot of big pre-orders this week. Uh, they've been going through all their sort of um, leagues of Votan stuff over the last little while. Uh, they're going to be available for everyone to pick up. But stepping into the realm of uh, Age of Sigma for a minute this weekend, we're going to get the release of the new battle tome for the Disciples of Zench. So if you want to be playing around as the big old blue demons, 
and all their bird friends, Fear the then you can do that, the feral chickens, and you'll be able to do that and dive in and have fun. Uh, the new battle tome obviously comes with all the updated stuff you need to play the game in the new, in the newest edition. Mm. Uh, you also get your sort of path to glory rules and all that kind of stuff. Talking of path to glory, you could start on one with the addition of the Vanguard set that you see here. This is the equivalent of the, pardon me, um, uh, Nurgle's infested me. Uh, this is the equivalent of the combat patrol sets that they do for one forty thousand. So designed for quick and easy play in Age of Sigma. Comes with a Magister on a disc of Zench at the front. Very swoopy, isn't he? That is swoopy long, indeed. With yeah. his big long peacocky tail. He's a swoopy boy. Mm. Uh, you then get ten Zangors, which are the sort of uh, Zenchian uh, beastmen. Yeah. You get ten Karak acolytes that folks will know from the release of the Silver Tower mm. back in the day. There's also three Flamers of Zench, because you can't have a Zench army without Flamers, and True. also three Screamers of Zench at the back as well. No pink and blue horrors, but I'm sure you can oh. find some room for them later. Um, but yeah. Uh, demons have never grabbed me. I Interestingly, like I know a lot of people were like, eh, demons, you know. But the thing, like I think, polarizing force. Yeah, I think there's some interesting things to be said about starting out with demons, because not only do should they be really easy to paint because you just use contrasts in order to make them like pop effectively a lot of washes and that kind of stuff. And they'll, they'll work really nicely. Mm -hmm. But also if you collect demons in age of Sigma, they've all got round bases and they would also work for one 40,000 at exactly the same time. You could just use the Carrick acolytes as cultists that you've bought into your battles if you really wanted yeah. to, and you could have fun with that. Um, so some interesting stuff there for Zench or Zinch, however you want to say it. Uh, there's also going to be a, uh, I'm sure there's a there's a whole reasoning why you can say it in different ways because it's the changer of ways. <laughs> uh, but uh, not the changer yeah. of words, not the changer of words. That's true. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm bad. But anyway, uh, we have a new set of themed dice as well, which will probably go like hotcakes in about ten minutes, and uh, also the war scroll cards as well for you to refer to during battle. I'm a bit sad that the themed dice look so boring. Um, mm. I kind of hope they look a little bit more sparkly and magical myself. Uh, but there we go. What so, disappoints me is you get War Scrolls for Age of Sigmar, but you don't get data slates for 40k. I'm just going to say because they change all the rules in 40k way more often than they do in Age of Sigmar. Um, <laughs> Interesting, though. But so, if you want those really boring dice, this is the place to get them. Swing! Get your boring yeah. dice today! Yeah, get, your, get your boring dice, your new books, and your Vanguard set yeah. from us, and uh, have fun. So and you, you can roll a blue abadi die. You can. Okay, and on that note, we're going to take a quick swish, and when we're back, we'll be rounding out the show. Okay, we're back, and we're going to be taking a look at some 3D printing, for it is, I believe, very much the upcoming thing. I've been informed yes. by the kids. She is not. Down at the corn market with their skateboards. The kids, you've seen them. Uh, sure. Hello. Hello. The, Hello, the, the new skate park in Balamina. I'm sure very it's all I'm talking about it. Very much so very uh, They've gone so, around from sitting on, on the side of the road with nothing to sitting on the side of the road doing their 3D printing. <laughs> I mean, it's getting really bad. You'll be walking past, they'll just be, you know, Mr. Mr. Can't need resin on you, Mr. Uh, just someone walking up in the street saying, yeah, you want to buy some Malibu? Uh, we're going to take a look at uh, an ace little find. We are, yes. Very well done. Benjamino yeah. has discovered. Yeah. Um, so I was I was trying to keep hold of this one, but you know, I thought ask her, I'll do it. Um, so this is Ace Minis, uh, and they have a tribe and a store and stuff for you to dive into and have a look at. And the main focus, 
as you can see, <laughs> is the development and design of 3D printable um, tanks for you to use mm. across your various sci-fi wargaming. Uh, so, yeah. um, the although, focus, although specifically for one sci-fi wargame. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually um, love the design of the multiple track units on this. Very yeah, cool. Yeah. One of the things that's really cool about this is that they've purposely gone out of their way to try and make them uh, modular kits. So they're designed from the ground up so that they come with magnet support uh, and lots of different pieces can be sort of plugged in and plugged out and all that kind of thing, allowing you to um, sort of fit whichever weapons you want onto them, change things out as you want. It means if you're going to be printing, you know, a massive kit like one of these, you don't necessarily want to do that twice. And so having the ability to swap out the main guns and all of the additional sort of support weapons as well is obviously very handy. Uh, and it means you can tinker with things. Although, of course, if you're going to be printing out massive things, you may as well print out two, I suppose, and have two on the tabletop because why wouldn't you, I guess? Um, Depends on how you lay out your beds for your 3D printer. True. Do we think that this the is, the, is? Is this the Ulrich? <laughs> <laughs> this is the Ulrich SHT type STS. Thank you very much. Sure. <laughs> now you say massive, but I thought they said these were aimed at six mil, so this is epic slash battle techie. Really? Although I suppose you could build them bigger if you wanted. Well, I, I mean, just... you can just upscale so long as the polys are high enough in the 3D file. I'm Maybe... fairly sure that they'd said 28 mil. They? There's, there's 6 mil on this one. Maybe they do both. Oh, I think they do both. It's a journey. Yes. We, yeah, we will discover yeah. together. Yeah. So, so they're doing a whole range of different things. So obviously you could print as many as you want on a bed with those. <laughs> you could just set them all out and just print like an yeah. entire platoon of tanks. Because uh, there's your Ulrich shit and look at the track unit. <laughs> it's all very detailed tracks, multiple yeah. sections. Mm -hmm. And then here's the little six mil version of it, and they're just lines across, so that they have different, um, yeah, some different prints depending whether you're, you're six mil or twenty eight. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's good. We like that. Yeah. And uh, as you can see, the selection of vehicles is fairly broad at the moment. They've done a lot of um, kind of big vehicles. They've done artillery pieces, tank hunters, half tracks, and the like as well. Um, I think what's quite nice about these is that it kind of fills in a lot of the gaps that I think of somewhat been left by the likes of forge world mm. um for a lot of the um imperial guard armies you could use these to represent a lot of the different um Bastards regiments out the there Krieg. exactly that's what Bastards that is the right there right yeah. there yeah i know a couple of uh, months ago we were talking to you lloyd about because you were sort of taking was it tanks from dust and re reformatting them for i was talking about it but i never did it Oh right, well there we go. <laughs> well, so I never, no, came, I never came to a, a conclusion that I was quite happy with because I was also right. thinking well, of getting like... actual model kits and of the whippets yeah, yeah. and things that I was talking I, about. I just noticed that myself, which is why I went back. So fully tracked, yeah. half tracked, total eclipse. <laughs> <laughs> no track. That, that's a cool option to have. It is, yeah, yeah. And um, as I say, this is the kind oh, of stuff like that, that I think... one. Yeah, mm. yeah. Instead of two track units, a single. Yeah, but I like the way it wiggles in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a track. It's like a tank's feet, Lloyd. So yeah, I like the feet on that. Yeah. <laughs> Real tanks have yeah. curves. Is that it? <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I think they've done a really nice job of, of sort of representing a whole bunch of different armor that you could use in your games. Um, as I say, the fact that it's modular, I think, is really cool, and you can change things out in terms of basically everything really um, to kind of make them fit to what you want there's your um, chimera variant there oh yeah, yeah. Puma. Yeah. 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 yeah 
It's even got a big old bar on the front of it for knocking people over. Uh, so, does, yeah. does it have the being hound uh, variant in there? Uh, yes, right there. We go. Here, yeah, nice. And three more along that far flank. Yeah, and they have the mortar variant too. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, well, there we go. Some like Hydra esque vehicles. Yeah, yeah that is your oh, Chimera variant. Got, like half track versions too. Mm. They kind of, the thing that's quite obviously these have got that, especially when you look at things like the the entry ramp at the back. They've got that kind of feel of the grim dark and mm. one forty thousand and that kind of stuff. But I think there's nothing about them that's so um, oh, directly no. tied to that. Yeah, because obviously they're all inspired by historical vehicles anyway. In the in the in the grand scheme yeah. of things, that you could use these in uh, entirely different armies if you wanted to, just dust, by painting them differently. So dust yeah. and conflict forty seven. Yeah, um, yeah, easily. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's, a really nice flak variant. That's really cool. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's one of the things a lot of people kind to kind of tend to overlook, maybe a little bit when it comes to three D printing. I know a lot of people will look at Ooh, fantasy models and creating heroes for dungeon delving games and that kind of stuff. And a lot of people obviously dive into three D printing to make terrain. Um, but I think there's something to be said about bringing your vehicles to life in this fashion because you know you're getting stuff at a, a, a pittance of the cost almost compared to buying a big vehicle kit from someone that's already made in resin and stuff. And as long as you set it up right and you print them decently, you should be you should be quids in when it comes yeah. to building vehicles. So, yeah. This one's this okay. I like it's just it. a rhino. It's nothing spectacular. Yeah, I was I, looking out thinking they didn't need another boxy. It's like replacing no. one boxy thing with another. That's yeah, cool. But yeah, the, seeing, seeing a ferret with a massive cannon. Yeah, the actual, whenever they've gone and gone, here's, here's some, you know, 222 or a, a 234. Uh, and we're going to sci-fi it up. Those are just terrific. I'm yeah. on board with that 100%. No, there's no spare wheels now, so that's a bit of a shame, but you can't have everything. Um, if you get well, flash. they're sci-fi wheels. They won't take punctures. Oh, yeah, yeah. There'll be those ones with all honeycombed inside. Oh, yeah, Clever. Yeah. like it. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I really... I, the the historic sci-fi adapted ones, I think, are far more interesting than just going, well, here's a here's a cheap version of a rhino for you. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. you can build as a, a predator of whirlwinds. Yeah, yeah. Or a Razorback. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 where they've gone that extra step and just gone, here's something mm. unique and different. Yeah, although if, if you didn't like the Rhino pattern, I mean, that does have a nice retro feel to it. So if you were doing it for something like Horus Heresy, I think that would be okay. Mm. And then, yeah. what, are, that, what are uh, these ones at the top? The, the top ones, the little yeah. schleppers. That's, that's, that's the 6 mil your, version. That's got to be your Sentinel variant. What's it? Oh, it's twenty eight. Six What's mils ago. Yeah, no, that's six mil as well. Oh, I see it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that will be the variant for your sentinel because yeah. the weapon mount is probably right where it would be on a sentinel. Well, yeah. if you look at the look at the yeah, front of the face, it looks like it. Yeah, it's very similar. And then you could paint it like a frog or something. Today's day where we find all you. the faces, all the faces. Very much so. Yeah. But um, I think it's just a really fun little project. And as you can see, they've, they've been doing it for a while, but it's mm. not like a massive um, collection. Mm. Uh, but it's enough that you could fill in all the gaps in your Imperial yeah. Guard forces or whatever. Uh, actually, that's that's I'm sorry. Nice the, there, are enough, there are enough variants within it. So even though yeah. they've only got 16 patterns or whatever it is, but yeah. within those, you may have 12 uh, different variants that you can field. Yeah. yeah. Those are just, those are so dinky. Yeah. Can you jump down the bottom for me when we're done with this one? Because I, I can yes. swear I've seen a Land Raider sort of shoot off. Yeah. 
The other thing as well that I think it's, it bears bearing in mind is that once you get these files and you've got a hold of them, they're essentially yours forever. So it's not like you're going to be, if you're like, oh, I need to go and buy another Bane blade. <laughs> you're like, well, instead of spending 70 pounds, just get one sort of sorted for your printer. So I like this better than a regular Land Raider with the, the front swinging doors. See, I'm getting Grav variant. I'm getting Forge Fathers vibes from that. Mm-hmm. From that, I think. Uh, I think that's really cool. Oh, look. Yeah. Uh, and one where they've put the turret in, f- in front of the door. The door so you don't shoot your mates you as they come out. out. <laughs> uh, I, I remember the addition where you measured from the weapon position and all of a sudden you saw everybody building them that way just yeah. to get those extra like two inches on range. It, it wasn't that. It was just it looked daft. I'm going to put a massive twin gun or even worse, the Crusader variant, six oh, yeah. bolters behind the door where people <laughs> yeah, are going to step out of the fire. flamers. Well, you know... <laughs> But I'll no, tell you I, what, Sarge, I'm not leaving this vehicle. I, I quite like the look of that as an alternate for a Land Raider. It's that also got nice a face on the front as well. It, it does. They, they all have that with the little eyes. Yeah. I, yeah. I wonder, because with the hovery variant, is that mm. is that a similar style that's, then to the, the Primaris the, vehicle? Not yeah, the Land Raider, probably. but their, whatever they call it. Yeah. Uh, the Stormbringer of Darkness or something. Uh, it's the Executioner or something. I don't know. Sure. Anyway, oh, yeah, look, they've put the weapon behind the hatch again. Yeah, oh. somebody's getting in the head whenever they stick their head out there. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, surely there the has place. to be a safety mechanism on the door when it opens. You can't oh, fire. Don't imagine there is. What's the point? Why stop? This firing? is the grim dark future. There's no safety. That would be a great way to disable a whole army. Just open the hatches slightly. <laughs> <laughs> Commander, we can't shoot. Why? Mm. The bloody doors won't close. <laughs> Veteran tanker and scout. This yeah, is so their tribe tribe. Yeah, so this is their tribe. Um, they've so done nice. basically a vehicle and a few more bits each month. Um, I think this week, this this month is a big old uh, two fifty half track. Yeah, yeah. so you play around with that. With with loads of guns. Cannon, bolt it to the side. Um, you know, so if you, you just turn the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> For me, at that point, it's definitely going more wheel world war forty hmm. k. Yes. At that point, for me, I think so. Well, that's See, not I, I don't know thing. because because the weapons are so forty k ask and recognizable. as forty k weapons, <coughs> but the body shape is so recognizable. Mm. Oh yeah, I, I spot the body before I spot the weapons that are on it. Because mm. you, can, I mean, fair. you can't not see the two fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's there, screaming out at you, coming at you like Cleopatra. I'm just missing a couple of bridging ramps over the back for my uh, <laughs> engineer variant. Yeah, which they're probably going to have, I imagine, as well. Because yeah, why would you not? Lovely stuff. But yeah, so you can either back them on tribes uh, if you want to keep everything centralized, or you can go over to Patreon. Uh, both of them obviously offer different things for you to mm-hmm. pick up and stuff every month and have fun with. So yeah, if you're interested in tanks and you want to use them to create interesting alternative armies, make sure to go and check them out. Yeah, There's ace are. minis. Yeah. Yes. Just think, what was Sylvester McCoy's companion called? And you'll know. Yes. There you go. It's, it's as simple as that. There's no other easy way to remember that. That's the one with the bomber jacket, isn't it? That is the one with the bomber jacket. Yeah, yep. yeah I remember. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> getting into our Kickstarters then, oh, we have dear. two to round out the show. Yes. Yeah, uh, and the first is the Tormented Idols, which we covered a long, long time. It feels it like we covered yeah. it forever ago, and yet it's only just mm. hitting Kickstarter now. So, Idols of Torment, or Idols of Torment, as you should probably say it, because the way it's, that's the way it's written, uh, from Black Magic Craft is a new dark skirmish game that has been designed by the folks over there. 
Um, the idea of the game is that you're going to be playing as warbands of individuals who are uh, trying to claim the souls of the lost mm. uh, in the realm called the Echo. Um, the entire focus of the game has tried to be kind of as heavy metal as possible, I think is probably the best mm. way to say this, even so far as to having its own soundtrack for the game, which I think on, is very on 12 cool. 12-inch vinyl. On 12-inch vinyl. So Lovely. it's, you know, you play that backwards, you probably will end up in the Echo, I would mm. imagine. There we go. Um, Don't the, play it backwards because you'll end up unbacking the project. <laughs> <laughs> no, my model. <laughs> um I say the, the focus of this is try to be to create a really fun and interesting dark skirmish game. The game is the, the game doesn't require you to buy any of their miniatures mm. in such in a way you, you can kit bash and do whatever the hell you want with them. Uh, there are a, a bunch of different um, warbands to choose from in the game that will allow you to play in diff- very different ways. You've got like um, demons that are loving slaughtering people, people that love sacrifices, people that love twisting things and changing the game turns and playing with time, all sorts of weird and interesting stuff for you to get into. Um, but the Kickstarter itself actually has um, STL files representing each of the different factions that you can choose from. So you can go and download and print those off if you would so desire. They've also worked on creating a set of plastic miniatures representing the lost, which are the mm. kind of damned souls that you're trying to harvest during the game. That's a full little plastic set, as you can see. There's little sprues and stuff for those. They've also done tokens, and there's also obviously the rule book and uh, a game mat and cards and all sorts of different things. Um, to give you an idea of the actual game itself, um, the focus is to play on a very, very small play space effectively uh, if you if you see the game map when it comes up it's actually yeah. quite a tiny area two and by whole, three two by three and the, the focus is that you throw uh, lots and lots of terrain on there because terrain is very important to the game and the hope is that you'll craft it yourself and all that kind of thing uh, and then you will play out very interesting diverse turns where things will switch and change and you might have priority one turn and it'll switch to the other player the other and you'll be blasting yourselves around the map, going through portals and all sorts of different things, trying to claim as many of the souls as you can before the echo kind of closes up and you are drawn back into your realm uh, to give whatever you found back to your masters. Um, The actual skirmish system and stuff is really cool. It's got a really nice sort of card-based feel to it. There's also dice involved and everything as well. Um, If you want to check out a little bit more about the rules themselves, there's a good um, video Mm. that Black Magic Craft put together where they kind of worked through the basics. It takes about, they, the video is like 20, 30 minutes, I think. Uh, they talk a little bit about the back, back, background of the game, setting up how to build your warbands, and then they obviously go into playing the game as well and run you through a sample turn, which is really nice. Um, and yeah, uh, as, as, as you said, Jerry, this has been in the works for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of um, been on the back burner, I guess, sort of coming to life over the last year or so. Uh, and now they've finally brought it out <laughs> into the world for everyone to dive into and have fun with. Um, I think there's been a, a great swathe of people creating fun and interesting skirmish games of late. For example, Rain in Hell, Rain yeah. in Hell, sorry, or Verret Wood, for example, as well. Very good games that are in that kind of this same vein, hmm. Turn It 28, all that kind of stuff. Um, so it was really nice to see this one come into life and... Uh, I really like finally it. being available on Kickstarter. It's, so. it's like if Dante's Inferno yes. was given a heavy metal makeover. Yes. Um, even down to the various factions within it all being uh-huh. sort of d- 
designed around one of the the sort of the deadly sins and stuff like that. So mm. you've a very unique look to it, and the, you don't have to get the STLs or the miniatures no. from here at all. Yeah. It is agnostic. So if you already have a range of bizarre things kicking around or something you've spotted, you're going that would make a fantastic X, Y, or Z demon type yeah. of thing. But you know, this is the the sort of game you could roll it out into. Um, yeah. yeah, just so unique, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I was like, really mess with your opponent and just 3D print out the Care Bears. Yeah. <laughs> no reason why you couldn't. Use, right. use them yeah. for wrath. Yeah. Because um, I imagine if I was a teddy bear with somebody tattooed my stomach, I would be all about the anger. <laughs> the, the actual game itself is really uh, like deadly as well. Mm. Like they've, they've, they've put a whole thing into the game about like, no, no, you're playing as weird creatures drawn from another realm trying to harvest the souls of someone else. And of course, they want to try and tie in all those kind of metal vibes and everything as well. So, you know, when you're fighting things, you will probably be rip ripping things to pieces and destroying stuff left, right, and center, which I think is really cool. And each of the factions is all entirely unique and plays with different ways and has different abilities and that kind of stuff as well. So um, I think they've done a really good job with this one, kind of bringing something together that is essentially you could buy everything you needed from the Kickstarter to play it with everything they've created, or you could literally just buy the rule book and maybe the, 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 the token set or something. Yeah and just go to town with your own models and have fun with it. And because it's being played on such a small play space as well, I think it just means that you're kind of, uh, the world is your oyster. The the echo is your oyster, I guess. True. <laughs> and you could do whatever you want. So, yeah. Are we funded? Oh, massively. It is massively funded. Massively funded, funded yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say for anybody like me, while the hard plastic tokens and uh, souls are great, it's worth noting, there is no physical version for the models. They are STL no, only. All digital. Yeah. So if you're looking at these going, oh, that'd be great. Mm, no. Uh, you'll either need to find yourself somebody with a 3D printer or. Very nice friend with the 3D printer. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> hopefully there'll be merchant levels and, and people producing these after the fact. So you can yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the, the hard plastic. Um, They're lovely. Very nice. are really really nice anyway so yeah fantastic stuff 20 days left for the idols of torment mm -hmm. and like we say massively funded so and nice. if you want that 12 inch vinyl you have to get it from here everybody likes vinyl these days vinyl and cassette it's the way of the future uh, just wait eight track will take over soon get the pencils ready and away <laughs> you go <So>, yeah. <laughs> right was our last kickstarter uh, so the last one of these is one that, I mean, i got to say, I don't necessarily know anything much really about the Stormlight Archives, but this one seems to have blown up, as you can see by the, uh, the yeah. funding level. Yeah, um, <laughs> so this is by Brotherwise Games and also um, Brandon Sanderson and his little team as well, who have a little team. <laughs> That's probably team. why it's blown yeah. up. Uh, yeah, so this is the official set of Stormlight Archive miniatures um, based on the uh, award-winning book series. Um, folks of Brotherwise have done some nice stuff for um, Stormlight Archives in the past. They did a card game uh, for them, which was really cool and went down really nicely. Uh, and so they're now working on creating these miniatures. Um, they break down into a, a variety of different sort of tiers, essentially. So you have a, uh, four different sets of 32-millimeter figures 
that come unpainted uh, that you can paint yourself and do whatever you want with them. Use them in your skirmish games or whatever you fancy, role-playing games, etc. cetera. Uh, and then they are also uh, sort of expanding things beyond that as well with monsters and all sorts of different things inside some of the sets, um, plus uh, deluxe pre-painted figures in 75 millimeter and also some 3D printable elements as well. So if you want some STL files, you can play around with those at the same time. Uh, and then capping things off at the very other end of the scale is also their big one to 10 scale. So sort of 12 inch um, dual statues and stuff that you can put on your desk and that kind of thing as well. Um, I, th- I think the big thing for this is that a lot of people just really wanted miniatures mm. for the Stormlight archives. Uh, and Brandon Sanderson, who likes money and being successful, um, decided to run this and has brought them to life. And these are essentially, as as he puts it, his official vision of how the characters look. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in having these, and as I say, using them in whatever game you fancy, uh, I think it'd be well worth diving in to pick these up. Um, yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting to see. It's not, I've read obviously the last two books in the Wheel of Time series written by Brandon and they, it's, he's a really good writer for that genre and style. So much so that I'm considering going and reading his actual own books, not stuff that he's <laughs> had to finish off for other people. Yeah. Um, and seeing these, cause I knew nothing about, I, I knew nothing about him until it was like, this guy's going to finish this series that you've been reading for a couple of decades. I was like, okay, well don't mess it up. Um, <laughs> but now seeing these, I'm struck by how similar it is in many respects to if those are the designs yes. and I'm thinking, yeah. I can see why they got them to write the Wheel of Time because it seems like the same sort of style or stylistically mm. it has a very similar idea behind some of the character design and development. Yeah. I'm going, okay, this this looks amazing. I'm all for this. And now it makes me really want more Wheel of Time stuff. <laughs> so much so that I was thinking the other day when I was reading, because um, I'm rereading the series, and I'm going, oh, they should make a miniature game out of this. <laughs> uh, and now I'm seeing this, I'm going, yeah. Well, this goes well, which it is. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, there's some spectacular looking stuff in there. Yeah. The, the thing that's really nice about them, uh, well, also I should say, Army Painter have mm. come on board and designed the uh, paint set that you see there, which is really nice. So they've done a set of, well, essentially themed mm. relabeled set, bottles, yeah, yeah. essentially, but, <laughs> um, for you to use painting your different models uh, and that kind of stuff, which is really nice. So if you're someone who's never really dived into the hobby before, potentially, uh, but you're picking these miniatures up because you like the Stormlight archives, then I think this is really a really mm. fun sort of entry point for you to dive in and have fun with. And um, and yeah, I think as I say, there's a lot of fantasy games out there that these could be used for. If mm. you are intent on using them for gaming, you could use them in Frostgrave. You could use them in Lasting Tales. You could use them in role playing games. You could do whatever the hell you want with them. Um, mm. You could you could stick them on the shelf. You could look at them when you're on the toilet. You could do whatever you want. Oh, oh, <laughs> don't sit so too long. Yeah. <laughs> Something has me curious there, Jerry. I yeah. quickly saw as you were scrolling down a part saying about composite materials in the stretch goals near the bottom of it. Yeah. Scrolly scroll scroll. Yeah. This is terrible. I'm going to make you scroll all the way back to the bottom just for me. I, I, I hadn't left the bottom and I still can't see what it is. I'll tell you what, uh, I'll bring the page up again and you can tell us where it is. <laughs> you just say stop when you see composite materials. Scroll up, 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 in stretch goals above this, above this. Oh, we're scrolling. I should say that the above stretch this. goals have go. also introduced. Materials a uh, bunch of um, additional characters and stuff like that. And there you go. So they're going to be using um, lovely fancy plastics. Okay, sorry. Yeah. I was just curious about that because I'd never really seen anyone mention anything like that before whenever it comes to miniatures. Right. So there we go. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you know that ABS plastic that people don't like? Yeah. It's a thermoplastic. Thermopla- <laughs> thermoplastic is a chemical term, okay. um, whereas HEPs is is not thermoplastic, so it won't deform okay. and reset afterwards. So it, okay. it, it tells you nothing, really. They're, they're, okay. they're, they're using plastic. <laughs> Thank you for the education. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah. There we go. Thermoplastics. So yeah, I mean, if you want to dive onto a ridiculously funded Kickstarter for a book series that I've never read, uh, then definitely go and check it out. See what you think. They're really nice models from what we've seen the renders. So, so yeah. And I imagine if he's if he's throwing his name behind it, um, that there'll be a sufficient level of quality control on that as well, because you know you don't want to irritate a a fantasy fan base. They could be quite aggressive. (laughs) Yeah, we may have noticed in the past. Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Twenty days left on that as well. I think that wraps us up for another week. Um, if you want to be in with the chance to win that prize, don't forget you need to comment below. Uh, if you want to see whether or not you have been a winner in the past, then you need to go over to ontabletop.com. Uh, come over to here where it says more, and then you'll be able to go into the prize claim center and see whether or not you are a past winner like these lucky people who got the copies of the book. Look at that. Winners from YouTube. When the Spanish the, person got it as well. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, I'm actually claiming the Spanish version. Yeah. <laughs> I'm shocked how many people claim that Spanish version. It was really annoying to pick you out because I couldn't do it randomly. I had to list you all and then do it. It was very aggravating. You aggravate me. Be thankful to me this one time. And if you better pick that up, by the way, because I'm not redrawing that. <laughs> Same. So anyway, uh, we will be back on Sunday for the XLBS over on tabletop.com with our Cult of Games members. If you want to listen to us wax idiotic about our hobby and yours, you can do that in a more mellow setting. And we even have a 30-day free trial if you're not already a cultist. Otherwise, we shall return next Friday for more of the same. But until then, folks, take it easy. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.